Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. boys are eating today what are you eating danny i am eating a bowl of greek yogurt raspberries blueberries chia seeds and flax seeds i read oh it sounds so good greek yogurt's good for your digestive tract so i'm trying to have good less... for lots and lots of things yeah. yes good for lots of things. but don't ruin it by talking about my digestive tract well i need to get mine in line at work i run to the bathroom too much and i'm on amazon i'm not supposed to okay now don't ruin it by talking about your <laughs> You're, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to go to the bathroom at work. Not every thirty minutes. Every thirty minutes, you okay? When I have my messed up digestive tract. <laughs> what do you do with that requires thirty minutes? Every thirty minutes. With, yeah. What do you do? I don't want to get into it. You, you guys are eating. I don't care. I don't what are you eating, Jammer? <laughs> I'm just eating a PBJ. That's good. It's Guardian Snow. So this is the show. Is that oh, peanut is butter show? and jam? Is yes, it peanut is. Peanut butter and jam. Peanut butter and jammer. Oh, Jammer's eating himself. Jammer. He invented the sandwich. Well, no, <laughs> not the sandwich, that sandwich. The sandwich, that sandwich. Actually, before we start, I realized, apologies, I've been so busy today, especially since we're going out and we had to do a bunch of shit. What are the trailers that we need to watch again? Um, well, Diabol- The Boys Presents Diabolical. Okay. Danny just watched uh, The Lord of the Rings. Okay, saw that. Yeah, and I think just Moon Knight, which I assume you definitely saw also. I think that's yeah. All. So I just I just need to watch the boys diabolical, which in it's the I don't. Long. It's a few seconds that. long. He just watched it. I, I never got into the I boys. I hate to say it. I watched it when Nick went to the bathroom with his digestive tract problem. All right, well, let me watch it right now that we can start. It's like fourteen seconds. No, it's more than that, but it's short. I finished eating now, and I do feel like my digestive tract is so much better. If you were Nick, you'd be taking a break mid podcast to go to the bathroom. Sometimes I feel like it. What the fuck is this trailer? It's towards the top of our list. Is it? It's like four articles down. You can watch it right in the window. I don't see it anywhere, dude. I see it nowhere. It's under the article about King of the Hill. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong thing. (laughs) The wrong dates, the entirely Mm -hmm. wrong set of news that you guys already did last week. (laughs) Yep. I was like, this looks nothing like what I remembered it being. You have no memory of talking about any of those things last week. I have no memory of this place. All right, here we go. Mm-mm. Should we include this in the podcast? Do you think this definitely silences? Just no. Well, it's like a trailer reaction. You're just eating a sandwich, and and Nick and I are mm-hmm. watching you eat a sandwich. <laughs> it's you know very attractive. It, it's compelling television. It's just awful podcast. I'm sure. I I'm not even sure it's compelling television. What are you talking about? Oh come on! We I've been made to watch some shit. You've been watched. We've watched some shit. This this would be better than some of that shit. What are you talking? Word choice. What shit? Phrasing. Phrasing, Lana. <laughs> well, are we not doing phrasing anymore? Who's that from? Archer. Oh, 
after oh, he comes out of his well, they always show. do phrasing jokes. Oh, I love after, that he come, show. after he comes out of his coma, he's like, "What? We don't. We're not doing phrasing anymore." I don't like Archer. <laughs> of course, you did. Oh man, what's wrong with you? It's American animation. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's a, I don't like American adult animation generally, like the comedies. They just I don't like the Fox ones. Like when people like we were talking about Bob's Burgers and stuff on Twitter. Well, I don't consider Bob's Burgers adult animation. I consider it family animation. Really? Yeah. The Sunday like, Fox animation, since whatever the fuck they used to call it. Well, <laughs> I don't know, but I I, I I consider it like you know PG thirteen status where it's like, you know, it's a little bit. I wouldn't say raunchier, but it's a little bit more, a little like aged up a little bit, but it's still good for the family. That's how I think of Bob's yeah. Burgers. Yeah. I agree. I've only seen a few episodes. I did enjoy them. It's just not something I've got too too heavily into, but I would definitely say it's a PG thirteen kind of kind of thing. There's a few yeah. jokes in there that might go over some of the younger kids' heads anyway. So it's well, not I entirely was, like I was awful. counting like, PG thirteen, like Simpsons Family Guy. Obviously. Family Guy, I think, is is high Family Guy. Fuck. Family Guy yeah, is, is adult yeah. animation. Yeah. Yeah, I consider I consider Simpsons. Well, Simpsons, especially I wasn't even especially to watch like I was thirteen, especially pre season ten. I would consider that more like Bob's Burgers. There wasn't even a season ten when my mom wouldn't let me watch it until I was thirteen. Yeah, again, but my I mom would still let consider me watch Power Rangers because it was too violent. Okay, well then you're just she saved me from that. Saved you phrase. from Power Rangers? How dare yeah. you? Power anyway, Rangers are you guys ready to get started? Even though I'm sure yeah, this. this will be in there. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Man. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast, the premier flagship and international podcast of LRMOnline.com and the Genre Verse Podcast Network. I'm Nick, your host this week, because Jonesy is out. And I, again, we're doing a little uh, threesome this week. We just switched out uh, one for the other. So we got Danny here. How are you doing, Danny? I'm not there. I'm here. You're there. But I'm uh, good well, wherever I am. Well, we're in everyone's ear holes right now. How about you, Jammer? I'm here. Jammer forgot. I'm, uh, I'm here and I'm existing. I think someone is in Joan, uh, Jammer's ear hole. Always. <laughs> or with a noise like that, it could have been another hole. Okay, <laughs> let's let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. We have Speaking lots of, of things holes, to talk about. We let's start with, with no with Josh Sweden's. No, no, no. Before we get, to this, let's, <laughs> I'm an let's, let's, give, let's give a taste for what's happening. Of course, we have we have the standard news, but after the news, we also will be talking about two shows basically sort of like the uh the part way halfway through the season point for two series that two really big series that are running one is uh i was about to say the mandalorian that's not right one is the book of boba fett and one is peacemaker so we'll be talking about the first four episodes of each probably the two most streamed shows these last four weeks i'm guessing yeah i think so just, based on i, I think what i read everywhere well, yeah actually i'm not sure there are any stats out as to whether or not no what the most streamed are currently um I don't know. I hear a lot of, we'll talk about that when the time comes. <laughs> I was about to dive, dive into things I'm hearing about. Okay. Star Wars fans are never happy, but they don't seem especially happy with the Book of Boba Fett currently. We're surprised. Um, a lot of we'll get don't. to that. Yeah. A little surprised. Not, okay. Anyway. I'm not speaking, surprised. Going I'm back never to surprised about... to hear Star Wars fans bitching. Never surprised. Yeah, I'm with Jammer on that. I'm with Jammer. I just I'm thought like, that we're already getting into it. But never surprised. We're already getting into it a little bit. I'm just surprised because of the Boba Fett show. But maybe that's why it's the problem is that people are like, this isn't you out. guys. 
Do you guys want to have a, a, a sandwich? Like a, a freaking, we could have like the Book of Boba Fett discussion, then the news, and then Peacemaker. So it's like a review sandwich. Uh, not really, because I don't like putting spoilers in the first half of the show. Because my friends. That's a good point. It. That's a good point. <laughs> if you say right, the spoilers so, for the end, you can just turn off rather than have to jump ahead or figure out where we stop without hearing all something. All right, all right. You got so, a point. Back to assholes. Joss Whedon criticizes Justice League cast and reshoot behavior. Yeah, so dun, for those dun, who dun. don't know and haven't been following this whole controversy, uh, it's been a whole controversy. You know, you've had Ray Fisher for years now <laughs> calling out Joss Whedon for his uh, inexcusable behavior. There's been talk about uh, his abusive onset behavior. Um, Ray Fisher felt like he was being, you know, racist. You know, doing things like lightening his skin tone to make it. Uh, you know, I guess, quote unquote, I don't even know, not even quote unquote, but I guess to make it lighter, um, which is really weird. But apparently in, in I hate to say this, in Whedon's defense on that one, he did brighten the entire movie. That's so maybe that thinking. had to do with it. So probably that has not as much foundation of, but there clearly is a lot of foundation in terms of his abusive behavior, his old school Hollywood mentality of what will and won't sell. And uh, yeah, just his overall, he's almost like a stereotypical Hollywood dick who you would just kind of think of in the most cliche way you know sure. um and so there have been lots of bad things said about him and he after all this time has finally broke silence finally broken his silence and let's see here he, he said a lot of things a lot of different things and let's see here bad there's one thing he said that really kind of irked me here hang on hang on do you have the words in front of you? Um, I have the article up, but I don't. I never was so, able to access the Vulture article regarding uh, the cutting down of Cyborg. That was sort of the big thing because Cyborg was obviously a character that was not that was given the short shrift in the original Justice League, and as we've now seen in Zack Snyder's Justice League, he had a whole lot to work with. He had a full arc and all that, but uh, and and Ray Fisher was kind of of the opinion that it had to do with Whedon not necessarily thinking having a black man at the forefront or as central to story would be good for audio that audiences would want to see it. Whedon is now saying based on the Vulture article, he says this, the storyline quote unquote logically made no sense end quote. And he felt the acting was bad. According to a source familiar with the project, Whedon wasn't alone in feeling that way at test screenings. Viewers deem Cyborg, quote unquote, the worst of all the characters in the film, close quote. Despite that, Whedon insists he spent hours discussing the changes with Fisher and that their conversations were friendly and respectful. None of the claims Fisher made in the media were, quote unquote, either true or merited discussing. Uh, Whedon told the writer of this article, he could think of only one way to explain Fisher's motives. And here's the quote. We're talking about a, male a malevolent force. We're talking about a bad actor in both senses. So let's start with that section of the, the article there. Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts on Whedon's comments regarding, I guess, the test screenings, as well as, I guess, his, his slamming him as both a bad actor and basically a bad person? I don't agree with the acting. I obviously don't know Ray Fisher and everything we've heard. It sounds like... Joss Whedon is the bad person, not mm -hmm. him. And especially since originally I was like, I want to hear from some other people and other productions. Cause like you never heard the Avengers actors 
complaining, but then some Buffy actors actresses did complain. So you're like, mm, there's definitely some truth to this. Um, I am not surprised that test test screenings audience didn't like the black character as much because people are stupid <laughs> and terrible. Oh my god, that doesn't surprise you at all. Do you do you think it had to do the black America. character, or if maybe people didn't like other things about it, like uh, maybe they just didn't something about it they didn't like, maybe they didn't verbalize it properly, and maybe they just took the wrong lesson as a result, yeah. or you know, like it could have been a myriad of things. I Nick, I don't think I don't think it had to do with people being racist. I'm not gonna lie. Really? I guess it could be a factor, but I don't I don't think I don't think that was a factor. Obviously, I don't know. Well, we that's, don't a, know. that's a large assumption to make. Obviously, they never saw Snyder's cut. They saw whatever original Correct. cut uh Whedon had. So maybe he had, they had more of the version. story. Maybe he had more of the story in there, not all of it, but that made no sense because he dropped other parts out. That's true. So, so maybe it was like maybe a two and just, a half. To three hours even in the final him. movie it just it's almost like why is he even here i mean he's a justice league member but he has nothing to do until the end of the movie and you're, also, to be clear you're talking about whedon's cut correct yes yes snyder's cut he's very good very fleshed out character but i would agree it's probably one of the heart of the movie not yeah. just a character who says booyah and plays with uh cubes so <laughs> and i kind of i think i agree about the lightning part um Color correction, lighting. everything just looks brighter. Lightning is oh, the I think it's because everything. Oh, lightning! Yeah. yeah, lightning. Okay, lightning, Danny. What about you, Danny? Um, yeah, I, I'm, I think I'm with Nick on this one. I think the the um, the the changing of the color palette was was a thing throughout the film. I don't think that's anything to go by. But I'm also um, I'd have to side with Jammer on the um, viewpoint of why the test screening failed. If it was a Whedon cut or some version of the Whedon cut, yeah, yeah, it it would have been it would have failed because even in the final cut, I felt that the cyborg character was underutilized and was pretty. Uh, you know, you could argue that we could have taken him out completely and and not really made much of an impact in the film. So there's certainly something that's gone on there. The bad acting bit, I didn't get any impression on that because when we saw yeah. the Snyder cut version, which is obviously more of that character and more of Ray Fisher's work, uh, I didn't see any reason to think that the acting was bad. So there's clearly more to it. I I'm definitely not surprised though, that Joss Whedon's come out with a completely polar opposite point of mm -hmm. view to Ray Fisher. That, that was obvious, right? I think we still need some other uh, third party, other people, directly involved but maybe not at the forefront of things you know the people that worked on set other the smaller character roles smaller actor roles etc to give their kind of view on it but i don't think we'll ever hear from those because they're still look they still want to keep their jobs and stuff right it's, mm -hmm. it's maybe just something that they're just keep their mouth shut whether that's right or wrong let the, I mean, uh, and i let the giants battle it out above them and then just sort of kind of yeah them. and and was it what's ray fisher doing um authenticity above entertainment is that is that what it uh, accountability is greater than entertainment. Sorry, accountability above entertainment it's uh it that's that's a great statement for him and he's very brave in doing it but there's a lot of people out there that you know maybe still want to keep working in in that part of the in the industry so and anyway, honestly, i guess yeah. the point is i'd like yeah. to hear from other people um before i fully with you mm -hmm. but no surprise yeah no one else is point of view no honestly, one else is really speaking back. out as much as ray fisher i'm just i'm really surprised it's like come didn't, on oh go, I, go, I, I actually said a few say, things didn't she didn't she a few have things no one no one say, is like no, one's no one is being vocal. as vocal as him true no very uh, true 
And uh, I was also going to say, I bet from Joss Whedon's perspective, it was a very amicable conversation they had because he's the one with all the power and Ray Fisher has to act polite because he's like, oh, I still yeah. cut my part even more or, you know, who yeah. I'll never work in this town again. Like, who knows? So I can imagine him walking away from the conversation. It's like, OK, so we both agree that we're cutting him down. OK. And he walks away. He's just like, oh, uh, what just what? happened? <laughs> Were there more parts I mean, to the quote? Oh, well, I mean, yeah, there are others, but I want to, I want to keep talking about this one. Like, I think uh, regarding audiences, part of me wonders if it just had a, had to do with audience expectations. Like maybe they wanted something a little more lighthearted and, you know, he's kind of a, a cyborg is kind of a downer. There's like a lot mm. of undercurrent acting there, a lot of uh, yeah. stuff under the surface, you know, not to, maybe there's just more, I hate saying this because it sounds douchey, Maybe there's just like a certain amount of extra nuance that they just didn't want to see from the movie and therefore didn't like it as a result. Um, yeah, I can see it being maybe broader character. Yeah, the audience I mean, is not like responding people, to that. People being like, I want to watch Justice. I don't want to watch the big super serious, you know, but. Then everyone preferred the super serious version when it finally came out. Because <laughs> it's like objectively a better movie. Like it oh, just yeah. is. Yeah. It's it just, is. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. But like you said, it could have been a, another cut that was two and a half hours long and said, or three hours long and still like didn't have all of the aspects. Like I am thinking about like Batman V Superman, how, how much of a difference that 30 minutes made between the two and a half hour cut and the three hour cut. And it was a matter of like, yeah, the shortcut, it just doesn't make any sense. The third, the third, three hour one, it doesn't feel longer and it doesn't seem like there's like a whole lot of added scenes, but it's just like a lot of little things that really add up and make just, Oh, now it's logical. I can like imagine burning that the being bodies. problems. It's the first thing that comes to mind where it's like, why would they think it's Superman when everyone's shot to hell? It's like, oh, they burned the bodies to make it look like it was laser and probably removed right. any bullets that were there. Unless bullets melt right. at a lower temperature than I think. Do they? I don't know. I just remember I just watched Dexter and apparently titanium doesn't melt the same. <laughs> I think you should get your information burn. outside of Dexter. Just, just throwing that out there <laughs> as a possibility. <laughs> Hey, people who make good TV shows usually do good research. I think this that's that's not <laughs> there's so many things that they do. I'm not gonna <laughs> I, that is that that is just a fallacy. People who do good TV shows generally do a lot of good research. No, they, they maybe they do, <laughs> but they'll often just say, like, you know, yes, it's this, but it's more dramatically fun if this happened. Like if we put a mall with uh, palm trees and uh in Colorado and God damn it. God damn it. Anyway. I love how much that bothered you. For those who don't know, go back and find that Mitchell's versus Machine episode here. Nick irrationally just rail on the movie because there are fucking palm trees in a Colorado mall or around a Colorado mall. And that was like one, one line of, the, of dialogue. That was, not that was one of the, the pivotal arguments as to why the movie wasn't as good as he wanted it to be because of all of the, like, there's like, why couldn't you just look at the But clearly it was intentional. You have people who live in freaking LA. Like, yes, yeah, I mean, people, they, people aren't stupid. Come on, Nick. Come on. <laughs> um, what else here? Regarding, let's see here, Whedon's, who's Carpenter? Oh, this is, what's her Charisma Carpenter talking about? So that she's one of the actresses from Buffy. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he talked about her a bit. So Whedon's advocates believe his campaign had poisoned Carpenter, his campaign. By his campaign, he means uh, Fisher's campaign against him, uh, poisoned Carpenter against him, causing her to see the complicated story of their relationship as, as a simplistic narrative of abuse. 
quote, once someone lights a fuse and people see there's a flame, they run to it and throw stuff into it. One person in Whedon Circle said that wasn't Whedon. Um, and then Whedon said, I don't know who started it. I just know whose name it was, whose name it was done. What does that mean? I just know in whose name it was done. That's it. Mm. Uh, they don't give a fuck about feminism. I was made a target by my ex-wife and people exploited that cynically. She put out a letter saying some bad things I'd done, saying some untrue things about me, but I had done the bad things. And so people knew I was gettable. You know, I will say in his defense, as much as I hate defending that clearly an asshole person, I don't like this idea where people were saying, oh, you're not feminist. You cheated on your wife. I'm sorry. You could still be a feminist and still be, you know, a cheater. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. those aren't mutually exclusive things. And if you look um, at his work, I mean, he has super strong female characters in most. Of yeah, but ha- everything. To be he even fair, made Black Widow having super strong, <laughs> having super strong characters doesn't mean you, you doesn't make you a feminist. It just means that you write female characters. I mean, there are also certain things in that movie that displayed sort of a male gaze aspect, like all those lingering ass shots on Black Widow. Yeah, um, a lot of thinking were back very farther to Buffy, where it's like when even when Kyle's trying to list. Like, well, we already have badass female characters. And it's like Scorny Weaver, Buffy, like, I mean, Ridley, Buffy. I mean, here's the thing. Like, yeah, they're, they're interesting characters. But at the end of the day, they just still feel like they're written by Joss Whedon. <laughs> you know, they sound like they're written by a guy, you know, which is fine. Um, but I'm not sure I would look to that as like, oh, he's feminist because of this. But at the same time, I don't want to discount his, you know, feminist ideals because he was just somebody who cheated on his wife obviously to me an abhorrent thing but doesn't make you not a feminist it just makes you i don't know i think it shows you like women more because you like two women no no stop it (laughs) stop you like them so much you can't get enough um any other any other quotes that you had or thoughts that you remember from the article nick that you wanted to touch on no because i only got like the screen rant one or whatever this is from because i can't access the vulture one apparently i've used up all my new york whatever they're now under vulture yeah i mean i used to be able to access vulture for free but now they put it behind a paywall because i used to read vulture yeah, all the yeah. time like you they're sh- my main uh, site because they're snarky you just need to get and... three browsers three browsers dude you use use, use one use a different browser same ip if address you want to work i think so I or if you use incognito mode that maybe can work. I'm just talking on my ass. I'm just problem solving. I'm like <laughs> troubleshooting on the spot. So forgive me if I, it's incorrect, but I, there's a different browser, maybe incognito mode. Probably not. That probably won't work, but at least maybe a different browser, but maybe you're well, right. was, maybe it is an IP address. There is no quote about it here, but wasn't uh, Gal Gadot one of the people who said not as much as Ray Fisher, but, or maybe he said some things about her character. Cause I buy the argument that part. If Joss Whedon said she's a bad actor. I think she's a terrible actor. She's a model who became an actor who isn't good at acting. I don't know. I never find her compelling in anything because. So regarding that, let's dig into that part of the article. Godot didn't care for Whedon's style either. Last year, she told reporters Whedon, quote, threatened her uh, and said he would, quote, make her career miserable. Whedon told me he did no such thing. I don't threaten people. Who does that? He concluded she had misunderstood him. English is not her first language, and I tend to be annoyingly flower, flowery in my speech, he recalled, arguing over scenes she wanted to cut. He told her jokingly that if she wanted to get rid of it, she would have to tie him to a railroad track and do it over his dead body. And here's a quote from him. 
Then I was told that I had said something about her dead body and tying her to the railroad track. Um, Galdot did not agree with the version of events. I understood perfectly, uh, she told New York in an email. Um, as for Whedon's claim, he doesn't threaten people. An actress on Angel told me, the article writer, mm. that ha- hadn't been true back when she knew him. After her agent pushed for her to get a raise, she claims Whedon called her at home and said she was never <clears throat> going to work for him again or 20th Century Fox. Reading Godot's quote, she thought, wow, he's still using that line. Whedon also denied this. Yeah, I'm sure that, that Whedon's the bad guy in that too. I was just saying that yeah. if he had said the same thing he said about Ray Fisher, I think Ray Fisher is a fantastic actor. I do not think, I, if he said she was a bad actress, which is why he cut part of her stuff, I'd be like, yeah, I think she is a bad actress. But yeah, he yeah. didn't say that and that wasn't their conflict. Yeah, it's. it seems to me like a, part of me wonders and doubts his version of the events regarding like, oh, she didn't understand me because English isn't her first language. Yeah, I doubt. That seems... That. Uh, that seems pretty condescending and it's like, seemed like an out. He's like, Oh, well, clearly she misunderstood me because she didn't speak English. That's a perfect out for me. Obviously I am assuming a lot there, Yeah. but just by, based on how he's speaking and based on the fact that, you know, you have two people now saying that he threatened him Yeah. or th- he is threatening the angel towards actor careers. coming out and saying, it makes me definitely believe it. Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like it's, he doesn't seem like a good guy, no matter how we, no matter what way you slice it. I, I definitely probably would not want to work with him. Um, yeah, it just doesn't seem like a good deal. I think Warner Brothers should have been more thorough and they should have acted more on this. And it's really a shame that they didn't, you know, that they didn't sort of nip this in the bud and they didn't try to fix things. It seems like they kind of just let it go, you know, just to keep the relationships flowing. And it's just disappointing. All Any right. other comments? I've nope. said my piece. Danny? All right. All right, let me transition to the next story. I was going to transition from a-hole to a-hole, but I decided instead to go from Batman to Batman. New Batman movie runtime is two hours and 55 minutes. And this person wrote the longest Batman movie yet. Two hours and I think 47 or 48 minutes without credits. Okay. But like they always count the runtime with credits. No, I know that. But I'm just saying, giving you an update that they they updated with saying like it's this long without credits. Okay. Because I mean, because they still call, I mean, End game is still three hours, but only with the credits. And there's no post-credit right. scene. But um, this person's kind of wrong because I read the same. They say it's the longest Batman movie yet. And someone else is like, no, it's the longest solo Batman movie yet. Because obviously we got a four-hour cut of a film with Batman. And we got a three-hour Batman v Superman, too. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, I wish it was short. Hopefully the movie's great. But I do wish it was shorter because... I generally don't like walking into three hour movies. You know, I don't mind. It depends on the movie. And I, I think, I think it's, it has to do more with each. Like, I don't, I don't like necessarily saying, should the movie be this long? It's like, well, I haven't seen it. I'll let you know after yeah. if it should be three hours long, obviously like Endgame, I thought it was the perfect length. Um, yeah. Batman v Superman, Bond, I thought should have been longer than two and a half hours. Bond Snyder worked cut, really well. Probably preaching approaching three hours bond this is one of my favorite bonds it's just here's why it bothers me just going to a movie theater and having like a beer or soda and having to sit through three hours yeah. without a bathroom break that's why i like i'm actually I could never watched I, justice league cut in theaters the snyder cut. i used to sit uh i used to you know sit in theaters when i was younger and i used to be like see people walk out of the theater to go to the bathroom and i'm like what the fuck are you doing how can you do that like how can you just leave in the middle of a movie and just like walk back and just like 
hope you didn't miss anything important. Like, how could you do that? I do that all the time now yeah. because I just, I'm like, I'm an adult. I, I shouldn't have to hold it. Fuck it. I'm going. And then I go and I come back and I just like, what happened? I had to do it during Bond. I didn't know how no, Bond I did it, got out of a certain I did it situation during, until I watched it on Blu-ray. <laughs> I did it during The Kingsman. I did it during No Way Home. I'm like, I don't care anymore. Like, yeah, I care. Like, I'll be like, bah, I'll watch it again and I'll see the part that I missed. And it's unfortunate, but I'm like, I'm not not having a beer because I could have a beer. Fuck yeah. I'm going to go have a beer. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'll miss like, you know, two and a half minutes and hope it's nothing important. And if it is, then I'll just be sad, but I'll watch it again and go to the bathroom at a different part of the movie. Did I um did I tell you guys, I can't remember which part of Europe it was. I think it was one of the Scandinavian countries, but in the bathrooms in the individual cinemas, they show the movie in this in in the bathrooms, in the stalls at the same time. So you don't miss anything. So Only in the hallway. Screen, no, no, in the screen, each screen has a separate bathroom. And in the bathroom, whether it's the sit-down or stand-up version of the bathroom, there's a screen in front of you. So you miss less of the film. You literally miss That's how long amazing. it is to disappear. It's a great uh, idea, right? It's obviously enough. only a TV size screen like the ones you were, we're all using right yeah. now. But it means you don't miss, you miss just that little bit when you got to have to kind of turn the corner out of the big <laughs> screen and then you run to the bathroom. But as soon as you get into the bathroom, you see it. So uh, I love that. That was a great That's idea. Great. So yeah, you don't you miss I know minimal amount of the film. All the times where I'm like literally just trying to push out the urine where I'm just like, go faster, go faster, yeah. go faster. <laughs> and you can't. And it's just not going fast enough. I just like all the times where I'm like, I wish I could just like cut open my bladder and just like let it plop out and then run off. You know, be able to. Do you find it's even more frustrating when you you think you've left at the best time, and yeah. as soon as you've walked out, that you hear something going on, some sort of big giant action piece going. Oh fuck, I'm committed. Do I go running back in <laughs> and then run back out again, or do I just fuck it, go to the toilet and run? I to be honest, so committed. I've left now. I'm going to go to the bathroom and go back and then ask what I've missed. But I'm so tempted sometimes to quickly run back in. What am I missing? What, in most yeah, movies, I usually go during the action scene if I have to, because all the important That's dialogue, smart. like the plot is actually more important. Like, unless it's like a really well-made action scene furthers the plot. But I would like, Rise of Skywalker, I'd rather miss an action scene because it's not furthering I'd the plot. I'd rather miss the whole movie. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah. you want, yeah. Yeah, but um, in Rise of Skywalker, you didn't want to go to the bathroom in case you missed something good. Full stop. But I remember I learned my lesson when the Lord of the Rings came out. Um, Which one? The Fellowship. Or I'd like finished a large Coke. And we were in like a third way of the way through the movie. So I was so upset. And it was like at the scene where they get rescued by the, uh, the elves like on their horses and stuff. Um, and I was, I literally at that age considered wedding myself rather than missing the movie. I, and oh then yeah, I was that. like, that's stupid. <laughs> oh, I've considered it too. The first film, you, do, you just go to the bathroom when you see that the that it goes into a large swooping aerial shot of them walking somewhere. Then you know you've got at least you enough time for it. Well, happens. now we know in retrospect, 20 years later. No, I mean, that after that's Fellowship, we, we knew that was going to happen in the two ah. towers and Return of the King. But yeah, like you say, in retrospect, we didn't know that. But after Fellowship, I'm like, right, as soon as it goes to aerial shots, go. You've got at least 45, maybe a minute before anything happens other than them walking across landscapes. And that was, yeah. My Which are draws. Those are draws for me. Like that's why I want to see. I'm like, I want to just sink. I want just want to just sink myself into the, the New Zealand landscape and just it pretend I'm there. 
Uh, but it, as far as the Batman, actually, the, the topic that we're talking about. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. Um, Batman. <laughs> I think it's it's kind of exciting because I think it, it, it seems like it adds a lot of potential for storytelling. We already know there's there's three major characters outside of Batman. You have the Riddler, you have Penguin, and you have Catwoman. Um, that's those are the main ones. Those are the Colin ones Farrell know said he's point. barely in the movie, I thought. Okay, well, regardless, my point is you have those are like the main ones that we know about. Yeah. And was it this one where we knew that there's like probably going to be other characters as well that are unconfirmed but have been rumored? Or was that a previous iteration with that like Ben Affleck when he was I don't directing? Know. Early, early because, on, I think it was the Ben Affleck version. They were comparing okay. it to Hush and that would have like a lot but, of villains. Okay, so we, I don't know if that's this version, but well, yeah, I think that was definitely like... his version because he's also a more established Batman who has a bigger rogues gallery already. Okay, okay, but it seems to me that based on that, like this really gives an opportunity to really flesh out the world and flesh out like either the characters or like the rogues gallery in some capacity, so that it, it kind of comes together in in more of an dare I say epic fashion for better or for worse. I'm confident based on what I've seen so far. I really haven't seen that much Matt Reeves film, like movies. Like I never saw Cloverfield because I hate shaky cam. I uh, I think I only watched the middle. He didn't do the first Planet of the Apes, and I only watched the middle one, which is a, which is the middle fine. one's middle one's the best one. The yeah, the I third agree. one, in all honesty, was kind of disappointing. Me and my roommate agreed we liked the first one better than the middle one. What? No. I just barely remember the, the first middle one. Was one. Good. The, the, the first, first one was one fine, but Dawn Dawn was next level for me. Dawn was so good. Um, and and War was eh, it was fine. It was honestly, like I said, disappointing for me. Cool. I have a good segue, sort of. You guys spoiled it a bit. Back to me peeing my pants in Lord of the Rings, or considering it, we got a trailer for The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, coming out September 2nd like a super teasery trailer that apparently was done practically for no reason that I can possibly think of. I would think that would actually be more expensive. They were like running hot metal and stuff around like this little, anyway, it's, it's a bunch of like, it's the, it's not Kate Blanchett, but it's someone reading the, you know, the nine rings for the mortals or, you know, that room and like three for the elves. And then it just, it just kind of shows almost, stuff that looks like it's new zealand and then it's the rings or a ring being forged and then it's the logo but we never had a title cam is thankfully is a real title to write instead of lord of the rings amazon um so what do you guys think are you guys kind of excited in general now that we have a release date i'm a little more interested in lord of the rings again even though i've really haven't been a fan of fantasy lately um yeah i'm excited for it i like this franchise i like obviously the movies there's a lot of potential there um, but I guess there's a lot of potential to screw it up. I think people a lot of times are too negative. They're just like, oh, like I saw people going like the CG in this teaser. This is not very good. I'm like, it's it's a fucking title. It's a title. Like, get over it. It's fine. Yeah, I saw that complaint. Like, too. you can't you can't really like judge anything off of it other than like, ooh, OK, that's a title. It has sort of like a tone ish, but we don't even know if that's reflective of the show. Um admittedly the only thing that really distracted me was that that voice and i don't recall is that supposed to be galadriel um probably well i mean it was just know. distractingly not kate blanchett and yes, even if I... it's not even if it's not galadriel it's still sort of like well you know she's got that voice it's hard to top that voice yeah 
it's like it's like watching uh it's like watching what if and hearing like the the voice actors trying to ape the uh the the yeah. actual actor's voice and it's just like i'm not saying she's trying to and she shouldn't but it's just you're expecting to hear galadriel and it's not but the performance Check. itself was fine the lines themselves were fine the title's okay i don't like super long titles like we were just talking about planet of the apes like war for the planet of the apes dawn of the planet of the apes the lord of the rings the ring of power it's just it's too much but considering the first book was called the lord of the rings the fellowship of the ring it's very in keeping with the franchise so yeah i'm excited danny yeah i've been excited since um since it was all announced but obviously i was uh, a, a little bit well let's wait and see show me show me a trailer show me what the whole aesthetic's going to look like but this this trailer i mean a full trailer not this teaser of just the the name release this did nothing for me either way or the other. It reminded me that this thing was happening and it's coming out soon. That's pretty much all it did for me. But I have been excited about the project since it was announced. But this didn't make it any better or worse. I can't believe people were complaining about the CG and then to find out that it wasn't CG at all. It's like, what now? Now it's now it's really good CG because it looks better than real life or what? What the fuck? But like Jamma says, I, really, it's a, it's not even a trailer. It's a It's a name reveal it's it's a and the release yeah, date even, reveal it's not even a wow. teaser it's like yeah it's it's not exactly there's a name. wow i probably shouldn't <laughs> say this based on where i work but just don't tell him there's an image of uh like a like a kind of a mountain like a, a physical like mountain but like four feet tall and bezos is like you know doing his arms over it like he's so proud of oh, it yeah. someone's like there's our new golem <laughs> yeah i saw that <laughs> But that's uh, what somebody else said, Nick. Right? Not what you said. You no, are I am another person. This is not, not creating representative of the views of either the site or yourself. That reminds we me of uh, it was either him or Musk. I think it was. I think it was Bezos actually, where he talked. Someone was talking about how like greedy he was. He doesn't pay taxes. He can do this or whatever. And he's just like, I don't take a salary from Amazon. And then they had a picture of Smaug sitting on his gold, being like, I don't take a salary. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got this pile of gold. Well, technically, yeah. that's how they get so wealthy is another text tax less is because they put all their money into stocks. And stuff. Yeah. And they don't take a salary. Yeah. So they don't get taxed. They don't get taxable income. They get, they, they get probably find the shares ways in Amazon. Outside. They find ways around it through some mm-hmm. sort of tax loopholes and get most of their income through dividends or whatever. And maybe they don't even cash them out, but they just have a lot of value in their investments that, account for their wealth all right i got but i'm not a rich person i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about don't listen to me i'm sure i said something wrong there from conspiracy something (laughs) um let's go from trailer to trailer we got our first official trailer for moon knight this week oh i like this oh i like this one let's let's let you start so before we before we before we talk about the good things i just want to say this what is up with with marvel and their accents why did they decide Doctor Strange needed an American accent? And why did they decide Mark Spector or whoever this guy is needs to have a British accent? It just, it's distracting. Uh, I found it adorable, but Doctor Strange is, just never works. It's, it sounds British all the time. But it, it sounds, Isaac, he sounds yeah. like freaking Alan Rickman in Die Hard. <laughs> it's actually That's what it he, me of. he is. Oh, a, no. He oh, is no. A, Doctor Strange is a is an Englishman that studied uh, uh, medicine in the US, or he was an yeah. American that studied medicine in the UK. So he's picked up a bit of an accent either way. So therefore, just fucking move on. I think they should just keep yeah, the just British accent. Normal. And yeah, use the natural. But to be fair, 
like I know I've heard I didn't realize this like the accent that we hear from Benedict Cumberbatch usually isn't his actual accent he has another more specific regional accent that I forget but I'm like oh I didn't realize like that even Sherlock sounds slightly different the Sherlock accent is that what you mean yeah the Sherlock not, uh, accent yeah. is yeah his posh yeah. his Sherlock accent is not his real accent I did not realize that until recently yeah it's, yeah so what did you guys think of Dr. How what did you guys think of Hugh Laurie's accent in House MD was that a good American accent? I haven't seen a lot of the show, but I never yeah. well, I even knew he was British yeah. at that point until I, I haven't later. either. Um, I generally think, speaking, it, we don't think it's a very good one because he's very English. Yeah, uh, a bit sure. Like, uh, a bit like Cumberbund Bandersnatch, he's got a, a very English accent. <laughs> and 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 so when in House MD, which I love by the way, I think the show is fucking brilliant. Um, but his accent is a bit well. You you are clearly not American, but I don't know what. It's funny because actually. Before I knew he was British, I don't think his accent ever took me out of it. Yeah, I would agree. Oh, there you I, go. I've so saw you, a few episodes of House. It was pretty good, was it? Yeah, I, I mean, didn't I notice. didn't notice it. It's very similar to the Bendit Cumberbatch accent. It sounds like they're both no. based on Harrison Ford, which Bendit Cumberbatch they're has not, said his is based neither on Harrison sa- Ford. He says well, that, is like that's very, like very like. Uh, yeah, he says that, <laughs> but you know, I could say I could say my my accents are based on things. That doesn't mean they sound like it. No, but that's that was his. Yeah, I'm not saying it sounds like it, but that's what he says. He just goes more gruff, I think, is the only part that was inspired by Harrison Ford. <laughs> anyway. So what are we talking about? Moon Knight. Moon Knight oh, yeah. trailer. Sorry, go ahead. Um, my fr- I was, before I let Danny go on how much he liked it, I was just thinking about the accent. And the, maybe the different identities have different accents. Oh, so they made that. one of them British, and Ooh. a different one will sound completely different. That's just the theory. But Danny, what did you think of the trailer? Well, I, the reason why I, I liked it so much is because it's a it's a wonderful uh, different feeling from the other Marvel shows. This is a Marvel show now that's got a real sort of uh, dare I say it from you know using generic terms, but an adult feel to it. You know the themes that it's touching on already with him having the sleep disorders and the multiple personalities and all that kind of stuff. It really gave it a real um, psychological uh, horror kind of real real adult theme to a Marvel property, which I don't really think we've seen yet. I know we've got Blade coming and we don't really know what kind of theme that's going to play through. Um, the, the trailer itself was great. I like the fact that it introduced what was going on to a very complicated character. And I'm not that familiar with Moon Knight as a character anyway. So this was quite helpful. My nephews, which is always a good gauge for things that they don't know about. They really liked it. They're now interested to find out more about Moon Knight. So they weren't put off by it. They were equally as enamored by it, but for different things. But I really enjoyed it. I like the aspects of it, and I like that it looks like a fresh, something new from Marvel. Now, whether it's a hit or miss, I'll need to see more, obviously. But right now, I really am looking forward to seeing more and to see how it goes and what they're taking with this character, including those those accent changes and the personalities themselves that he can take on board. So, yeah. And I think Oscar Isaacs looks like he's doing a really fucking good job in this in this too just based on this little trailer it's like holy shit we're going to get like real recognition now for some decent is scorsese going to say that this is television because there is some quality acting in front of the camera now is the question but i was impressed there's, I, I'm, I'm there's always quality actors in a, in a marvel movie it's just whether or not yeah. you like story is the main thing um, <laughs> and i mean ethan hawk looks cool in it too yeah to be fair he kind of that's a shitty he looks he looks weird (laughs) yeah yeah he does but i think that'll add to the creepiness that wig reminds me of uh i know who you're gonna say that michael who michael rooker oh no i was i was gonna oh and suicide squad i thought you were gonna say um 
Guy Pierce in a uh, um, Iron Man three. The oh, opening flashback. Iron Man, he has yeah. like a horrible wig. Yeah. yeah. And the buck teeth. <laughs> yeah. That was that was a choice that they went with there. I'm like, oh yeah. No. I feel like I feel like the opening scene and then the Amazing Spider Man two, Jamie Foxx's like like performance. They're like in yeah, sync. Yeah. 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 It's not just the gap, but just sort of the nerdy sort of high cartoony feel to Tony it. Stark's gonna meet uh, me up here on the roof. Yeah. Sure yeah, he is. A, sure he is. <laughs> to be fair, I love that movie. I love me too. I love that. Uh, it's me so too. people need to get sticks out there. Yeah, I don't know why that's ever been a problem. Anyway, sorry, digress. Jammer sorry, trailer. So I at the end of the trailer, I verbally said, Whoa, cool. Because it was just so cool from like the logo of Marvel Studios, the stylized logo, just sort of the thriller feel to it. Where I was like, this, they're doing it again. They're making a, a feel of a, of a series or a show that just, it feels so different from everything else. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm intrigued, you know, he, what's his name? Oscar Isaac looks like he's doing great work there. I love that reveal of the way he was punching and then like he turns to the camera. There's something really eerie and supernatural yeah. about it yeah. that is just just captivating feels pretty and bad, I, man. I i here's the thing i actually i was about to say i a lot of people always said compared moon knight to batman and i'm not familiar with the character too much so i really can't say one way or another but then i saw at the end of this trailer i'm like Psh, this ain't fucking batman this no. is so different from batman that's how it <laughs> felt to me however i do have a caveat I will say I don't like Hollywood's infatuation with uh, disassociative di- identity disorder. Um, and it just, it continues to really, obviously like Hollywood does really hyperbolize and really just sort of heighten what it is. And I don't like that at all. Um, I evil, I didn't like it as much with split as intriguing as I, as I thought split was. It just, it's like contributing kind of like Joker contributing everything to mental illness, which I get is a cool, you know, uh, narrative device but i do feel like it's it could be harmful in how certain things are perceived and really add an extra level of uh, a taboo nature to certain mental disorders and i don't like that yeah i can see that as someone who has some mental disorders not the same ones uh joker actually felt kind of true to me but i mm. think this won't be i mean i think this i mean this is going to be cartoony almost in like a Deadpool way because Deadpool talks to himself right. more in the comics than he does, or at least in the video game, Deadpool has three different voices in his head. Cause one of them is the narrator of the game. Mm. So I, there is breaking news now. This wasn't the order I was going to do I it. saw that. Wait, are we done talking about Moon Knight though? Before we I think I like the trailer news? a lot. I'm excited for it. Um, I think it's a risk like guardians and guardians paid off. Cause mm. it's the first of the shows that doesn't have an actor or actors from mm. the movies. Like we had Hawkeye, we have Loki, we have Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Don Cheadle. We have Wanda and Vision and Darcy. And it's like, uh, this is the first one where it's like, maybe we'll get like a Daredevil cameo or something or even Blade because they all fit in the same, <laughs> this side of the universe, which is very, what was it? Well, Marvel Knights, be, there was a whole comic offshoot. It would, make more it, sense, was, it would make more sense for the Black Knight to possibly be involved yeah. in set in London at the moment. I don't know, it, does, it is a globe trotting, globe trotting character, but at the moment it seems to be set in London, so it would make more or sense even Blade. Black Knight was involved, or, Bla- yeah. or Blade, and or Blade, yeah. They um, cast Blade, so... That with, um, they, immortals? Not Immortals, sorry, Eternals. Yeah, and then they, hmm. I think, they, it's like how they cast uh, Jonathan Majors so much far in advance right. of Ant-Man, where you're like, oh, that's why they did it, because he like, shows he's up. Gonna, he's going to come up somewhere soon, right? And they've and used Blade's like a natural voice. Place. But I think Moon Knight could be a place where we see uh, Moon Knight. You mean Blade? 
Yeah, Blade is a, where we might be on Moon Knight. Moon Knight might be the place where we see more Moon Knight. You know, don't quote me on that. <laughs> no, and as well as like I don't know, it's also if it's a darker, more supernatural part of the universe, but it also is kind of close to like the Echo, like street level crime. Mm. So uh, there could well, be some I think I do think there. the uh, from what I understand the 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 Egyptian nature of it does seem like it makes it. I feel like it makes it less street level and almost more mummy ish. That's why like I would say in terms of like globetrotting nature. Well, yeah. Um, it feels like, obviously I don't know if they're going to be globetrotting or how often the character does, but by nature of like, just sort of like the ephemeral supernatural stuff having to do with origins and ancient history, that kind of lends itself yeah. more to globetrotting and grander scale, which I don't associate with street level, like echo or what have you. Yeah. But um, really quick before we move on, um, I had something to say and I'm vamping because I don't remember what it was. So I'm just going to keep talking for an extra moment or two. What the hell was it? I forgot it. Whatever. It wasn't important. Apparently. You remember what it is? Just break oh, wait, it I remember the other story. Good. This is, this is my, um, I think this might be my favorite Marvel trailer in a long time. And I'm trying to think of the last one where I was just like, I'm so excited to see that. Cause obviously I'm always excited to see them, but very often, especially with Marvel movies, I'm like, okay, yeah, I mean, I'm going to see it anyway. Whereas this one, I'm just like, I'm sold. Like this trailer, obviously I was going to see it, but this trailer absolutely sold me. And I can't remember the last yeah. time a Marvel trailer did that for me. Not even Endgame did that for me. WandaVision's probably the last trailer that did that to me. I'm like, this is so yeah. weird. Like, what the hell is going to happen on this show? But not to the same extent as right. this. I would agree. So breaking news is in it came out. I'm, the show will be up today, but this came out as we were podcasting. Mission Impossible 7 and 8 have been delayed another year. Um, they're keeping Top Gun Maverick at this this summer, but they moved Mission Impossible 7 to July 2014, 2023, and Mission Impossible 8 to June 28, 2024. So, and it is because of COVID concerns. Is it am I incorrect to say this is the first movie that's been pushed? recently because of covid because they never said why mobius or morbius was pushed except for the assumption they didn't want to take away from spider-man movie or lose money because of like they didn't want to have their two franchises run into each other do you guys know have you heard of another one recently it's the first one we where they've said that specifically for sure i haven't heard the others i think we've Generally, we've assumed that that might be the case, but that that might not be correct to assume it's because of COVID. But this is certainly the first one that uh, they've come out and said it is because of this. Yeah, certainly in the last year, at least, I think, anyway, since this. uh, Yeah, I mean, it's a shame. Uh, It it is a shame. You and I, Nick, we we, I mean, we're all looking forward to these films, but we're especially uh, excited about I'm just glad they haven't fucking pushed Maverick again. That, That that was getting crazy. I mean, must, they did it say feels it, like, it feels like it's been two years, but that's going to stay this summer, right? That's yeah. They, the article it's, it's says it, it has not moved. So, I mean, COVID concerns, yeah. I think, is valid though. Just yeah, because we don't that's, know what's that's going sad. On. I mean, that's a sad sign. In addition to it being Mission Impossible, like I said, what other movies are going to start getting pushed again? Or so it's possible that it's to coincide with the next um, space flight and they're capitalizing on uh, Elon Musk going up in space again. <laughs> Tom Cruise is hitching a ride. They're going to film some scenes up there and the next launch wasn't till later on. And we will have Tom Cruise in space, Mission Impossible, whatever number it is. There is that. You know, and they're using this COVID as a, as a, as a ruse. 
Did you think about that? Does this segue? Does this segue into that story, Nick, that you had regarding Tom Cruise and some space shit? Segway right, you had a two st- stories. Let's see. Was that <laughs> were you doing that on purpose, Danny, or was uh was it all just a happy accident, just like you? Yeah, I was a happy accident. <laughs> Hold on, I need to click it. That's one of the only things I didn't pull up. Of course, of course. Ah, that pulls Danny, up the picture wait, wait from Oblivion. Way to segue to the one story that Nick didn't have already right well, in front of him. Well, I have another segue, but I'm going to save it because we're talking about space. Um, that was that was. The <laughs> okay, this is all I can see is the fandom short version, not like the full article. S.E.E., the production company behind Tom Cruise's space film, plans to build a film studio in space by the end of 2024. The schedule is intended, the module is intended to host films, television, music, and sport events. <laughs> I love it so much. There's S- no way that's happening, though, by the year 2024. Nice ping pong. <laughs> I can't wait to see what sport they would. They, just play, they should just play the Enders game. Like early challenges, like when their two teams are after each other, and Ender learns that there is no up or down, so they can strike from like this below or yeah. I don't think so it's gonna happen. I have but more, that's cool. I have more more to the story here. So, uh, Space Entertainment Enterprise—that's the name. That's why it's called. Oh, that's that. S-I-E. <laughs> S-I-E or whatever. Yes. Yeah. S E E. Good lord. <laughs> um, the company co-producing their next space movie with Lyman has revealed plans to launch a TV and film studio alongside a streaming content studio and sports arena in space scheduled for late 2024. Named SEE-1, the microgravity film, TV, sport, and entertainment production and broadcast module, a world first or a universal first, Ooh, would well, be fitted. Solar system ax- first. <laughs> okay, solar system first would be fitted to galactic first probably um axiom uh, maybe we'll stick with the solar system. that's even bigger would yeah. be fitted to the axiom station a commercial space station the solar system is not bigger than the galaxy just to throw that out there just in case just to clarify <laughs> solar system's um, the smallest part <laughs> yes yeah exactly would be fitted to the axiom station a commercial space station being built by axiom space that would be that would attach to the current international space station before orbiting on its own plans for the module include hosting film tv music and sports events as well as artists producers and creatives who want to produce content in a low orbit microgravity environment while also enabling the development production recording broadcasting and live streaming of content they intend to produce its own content that's see and events in the module as well as make them available to third parties so there you go that's here's that's the question more of the story who is actually going to want to risk their lives? Like, how many actors are going to risk their lives? Are you lives fucking going kidding to space? me? All or of athletes. Them. All of them. All got egos. Are you kidding me? Every launch yeah. is dangerous. Yeah, obviously. But everyone, are you high? If I had money, I'd fucking set me up there. I don't give a yeah, shit. I'll, I'll carry their luggage. You know my fear. It's like, oh, oh, he died while going to space. What a way to go. How many people say yeah, they true. died going to space? All the, every, uh, half the characters in Armageddon. Granted, I, I'd be scared shitless <laughs> the entire time. That was a I'd be scared the entire time, but like I would, uh, I would still risk it if I if I had the money. Uh, not me. You know, one of my number one fears is dying in space, which now Everyone's is more number- practical than it was before because people it's are actually true. building. A- <laughs> in your lifetime, you will have the opportunity to die in space. We couldn't say that, you know, when we were born. Maybe that's the way to beat COVID. Is everyone who. We find a group of people who definitely don't have it and send them to space to colonize. Now there'll be a Mars. there'll be a fucking 
space variant of some description. There'll be a, like, <laughs> just get aliens or something like alien some instead. Alien Stuff exploding out of their chests. And this you know, ties. I hate how they going. call it chest burster. It's a stomach burster. It comes out of the stomach, not That's the chest. That's true. That's it. It doesn't have the same ring to it. It doesn't. But you know, stomach bursters. Tummy busters. Oh, gut burster. Ooh, I like gut burster. burster. There you go, fucking Especially Danny. You solved like track. a you solved like a forty year old issue with the Alien franchise. Yeah, you you heard it here first, guys. The next Ridley Scott Alien film, whichever is going to be called, prosthetic or whatever it's going to be called, <laughs> will have gut busters. I don't think he's available. With, he's not doing an X project. It's a FX show. I can't remember who's doing it. Noah Holloway or someone. I don't know, but maybe it's Ridley doing. Anyway, it's, this ties into with just a fact. Show. Not a actual news story. Well, I found it a fun fact. Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible 10 year is currently at 23 years. Well, I guess a lot longer than that now. Um, the same span of time covered in this Bond series by Cos- Connery, Lazenby, and more combined. So he's played, yeah. and, and less movies, obviously, because there's a lot bigger. There were some big spaces between some of these movies, especially now with the COVID, just because there was even the time period where they're like, we're not making any more movies with Tom Cruise. That was after three and before four, but well, obviously it's after. Three. Yeah, I just thought that's a fun fact. I've I've looked at the decades since he started in the nineties. It's like it's three decade franchise, four decade franchise technically, but oh yeah, because four dec- or soon to be four decades because it's like one in the nineties, a few in the two thousands. Like once one hits, it'll be a four. Yeah. Anyway, I just like that fact. It's cool, and we're not going to do all the news, by the way, that I've shown no, you guys. God, it's no. a lot. In fact, yeah, we were already approaching time up. here. We probably want to move on to our reviews. The one other thing I want to talk about, and also ties into space, is there were a lot of Star Trek announcements this week. It got me really excited. Discovery is coming back in February after taking a hiatus, um, and it's been renewed for a fifth season already. Um, they announced when Picard's going to start Thursday, March third, um, which and uh, it'll be weekly on Thursdays. Um, there is no production on the third season announced yet because that's kind of a series that's kind of like a mini. It felt like mini series in the first place, not like a, a sweeping. We need to do Picard stories for five years, like Discovery. And most important part, exciting part for me is Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, which is the. You guys are both like on your phones or something. I like, yeah, I don't. It. I just need I to share because I'm excited. Bro. Strange okay. New Worlds is the one I'm most excited for, and doesn't even have a trailer. It's coming out May fifth. And all these are on Thursdays. And then they renewed the Lower Decks um, for summer 2022 with 10 episodes. And season one of, yeah, basically they're actually keeping up what they promised. And they have a new episode of Star Trek since November and going through at least summer 2022 without missing a single week. Because Prodigy has also been going on. And some of these shows overlap. Like the last episode of Picard airs the same day as the first episode of Strange New Worlds. So it's been good eating for Star Trek fans. We disagree a now, lot question, less than Star Wars question, fans. Question Nick, question, Nick about yeah. the uh, Picard, Picard show. So I, I got into about three episodes of that. Should I continue with that now that they've, they've obviously finished the season two? Or it's, it's I, Jonesy would say absolutely not. I enjoyed well, that's it. What I, asked you. I remember his feelings on it, but I haven't heard what you said about it. I like it. Um, but it is different compared to the other ones. I mean, like Discovery, it's very, it's the most serialized, even more than Discovery, where it's like, am I using the right words? 
Yeah, Is because really? like I didn't get that feeling in the first three. I, I... well, there, there's there's a through line. Yeah, I, yeah, I think Discovery is very serialized too. Serialized, wait, yeah, not episodic. Um, but this is incredibly so. It's like a one, it's like a 10 hour movie about Picard. Yeah. Like no yeah, break okay. between episodes. Like they're not on a new mission or anything. Literally like yeah. cliffhanger and we pick it up right where we left off like five minutes ago. So it's a different style and it's, it gets weird at the end, but I enjoyed it. It's action packed, well, which I think that was, turns off that a lot of older fans. Yeah, that because because I, I Generations was one of my favorite uh, Star Trek shows. I did really enjoy Deep Space Nine, but Generations is something that uh, I just I just enjoyed. Sorry, Next Gen. Sorry, Next okay. Generation. I was like, Je- yeah, yeah sorry, I don't know. And yeah. Maybe that's um, why my mom and I liked it, as we have almost no experience with Next Gen. Maybe that's why uh, uh, Jonesy didn't like it as much because he's comparing it. Yeah, yeah. Seeing Picard again, seeing seeing seven or nine again, and seeing seeing those characters again. Riker shows up yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. Well, I've heard. Yeah, so oh, they, oh, they go, he, he cooks pizza for them in his wood fire pizza. And this like like it's the far future, and Picard's living on a vineyard, and like Riker is like living on just like a farm. <laughs> it's like as, you guys are like would, Thanos. Yeah. You're just gonna retire. <laughs> you're gonna sit in the farm. After fighting and exploring that's space, that's the way to do it, man. He knows what's well, up. Well, they didn't die in space. Speaking so of done, yeah, farms, we're gonna talk about oh, the book of Boba Fett now. The first four episodes, spoiler filled. They have that, those that's the water farms. That's like yeah. where Luke grew up, and one yeah. of the issues moisture in one of the episodes, farm. the moisture farms. Yeah, that's what they were called. I, I get they it. Showed up in Rogue like... One. Yeah, they show up, but that does—they're not a prominent aspect of it. That's like speaking That's the best of best segue I could get. Well, also like, space. Speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of speaking of a drink, you know they have drinks in the cantina. Star Wars. It's like basically what you said just then. And speaking of drinks, I just realized you're taking a drink and you're not you're not you're well, not fulfilling your hosting duties. So I almost say forget non-spoilers. Let's just talk about we're talking about. So the reason we're talking about this again, and we're talking about after this, we'll talk about Peacemaker again and. Danny can jump off if he doesn't want spoilers, yada yada, because he doesn't yeah, get it. Danny, Danny. Four episodes, he's, dude. He's, yeah, did you not pay attention to the Slack channel, bro? I thought he didn't see four episodes. No, no we I watched have them seen all. Them now. Nice. Well, let's start with Boba Fett because I'm more excited for. Uh... And by the way, I have heard him called Boba Fett on by on other. That doesn't show. make it right. That does and they're not actually make it all right. Europeans, British people who say that. The British Boba people who at Easter eggs I watch say Boba Fett. Their Western anyway. sensibilities of not pronouncing O's with an O. Boba. That makes it sound like a drink, Boba Fett. It is a, it drink. Is a drink. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just jump into spoilers. We're halfway through both of these series. We'll start with Boba Fett. I am not a bounty hunter. I've heard otherwise. I know that you sit on the throne of your former employer. Jabba ruled with fear. I intend to rule with respect. It's a little bit more than halfway with Boba Fett. Boba Fett is seven episodes, I believe. Oh, it's only seven? Yeah, so we have three episodes left. By the way, I have to say this. 
Oh wait, no, I'll, I'll wait until we get to. And it feels like we've definitely hit the midpoint in a way where I don't know if we'll get any more flashbacks at this point. It yeah, seems like it does, we've gone it all like the way came through over the hump. Yeah. And the one, and, co- okay. and they even hinted at, hinted at the Mandalorian potentially showing mm-hmm. up, right? I didn't so catch really it when I was watching. Shows the past and the present colliding together. Yeah. So I guess he also spent, what, he spent like five years with the Sand People or the Tuscan Raiders. Yeah, actually, that was the first thing I had because he mentioned all those years ago. And I was like, you didn't fall into the star. Like, it's like you've been gone maybe uh, several months, if that, because it didn't seem like he was there for that long. But yeah, apparently he was with the Sand People for Training. five years. And we know that. Yeah, because and, uh, the Mandalorian took place about five years after, and then it's intersecting with the Mandalorian. Up, yeah, so. we caught up with Fennec or whatever her name is, being saved by him with the same plant we saw last the episode before with a uh, robotic cyborg parts, yep. which of course was originally established by Darth Vader. But <coughs> excuse me, what do you guys think about the show midway through? Who wants to go first? You go Jammer. first, Jammer. Oh no, you want- oh, me go first. Okay, who's going? All right, I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna say who's on first. I got it. I got it. This show for me right now is a roller coaster. There's every episode is either taking me up or down, and in each episode, there's mini ups and downs. It really is taking me on a ride so far. There's so many elements that I'm really enjoying, but then there's so many elements that I'm face palming a little bit thinking oh what the fuck are you doing now i don't get this bit that was awful or in my opinion that looked awful or whatever but overall i'm really enjoying it because of that it's like i just don't know what i'm going to get every episode i don't know if i'm going to love it or hate it i have no idea whether really where this only after this last episode did we have a sense of where potentially the story is going but i still don't think we we know completely yeah, I, you know, are the huts going to come back and try and? Uh, are we spoiling stuff? Yeah, yeah, we're doing spoilers. Spoilers. yeah, yeah. 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 Are, are, the, are the twins going to come back? Or the, were they bullshitting about leaving things open? Is um, Danny Trejo, Trejo's uh, train the ranker to eat him? <laughs> a fucking plant? Yeah, oh, it's just, it's just, I'm enjoying it because of that. But there are elements that I'm getting. I don't think it was good as others. Don't get me wrong. It's not taking me out. I'm not fucking complaining about it. I'm not on Twitter blowing a gasket about it. But there's just elements I really like. And then there's elements I don't care for at all. And it's just a, a wonderful roller coaster because of that. Um, so I I'm, I'm want to know what the next episode is going to bring and, and whether it's going to be an up for me or a down for me. I, d- I just don't know. But this last Hopefully. episode... It yeah. seems to me like I'm in the minority as usual because it's been possibly my least favorite episode. Whereas other people have been saying it's the best one ever. Fucking hell, this is what Star Wars Boba Fett's all about. And I'm like, what? I don't. What? Why? So yeah, least. You're favorite not Kyle Maloning so it though. Sorry, Jam. You're not Kyle Maloning <laughs> it though. For those who don't know, Kyle Malone, uh, the host of <laughs> Cup of Genre and Anime Versus, just like, oh. This is kicking me out. Get the earth shit out of my space. Why would oh, you no, have that even mean? Why would you it have switches on a train a when there, clearly it needs to be buttons instead of switches? I'm like, okay. I didn't even understand that. what that complaint meant. It, I was it? The, about how you would not have train and the mouse yeah. living there. It's yeah, less with, sci-fi with than it used to be. Do we know it's no, a mouse? It's just, I mean, it could have opened its mouth and it could have had like a giant fucking laser beak come out of its mouth. It just looked like a mouse on the outside, right? But dare I say, there are humans there as well, right? Humans that we only associate with Earth. So are we saying now that we can't have humans because they're too much like Earth and therefore they'd all be... That's what he's now. saying. That's silly. Yeah, that's... Han that's Solo is shit. bullshit, even when it's Harrison Ford. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's... But anyway, yeah. It, loving it, the it show. Fourth episode is not my favourite. 
it is. But the, the, the downside of not taking me out of it, I'm enjoying it overall. But yeah, that's me on Boba Fett. Now, I read somewhere that it's someone's favorite Star Wars since The Last Jedi. And this person loves The Last Jedi. To be fair, I didn't say it was as good as The Last Jedi. I'm no, no, you said best Star Wars thing. since. Yes, I'm just yeah. clarifying. So I, just because it's, it's, it's still nowhere near The Last Jedi of greatness, but it's better than everything else that I've seen since The Last Jedi. So you'd be like better than Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. It's basically what's that saying? Rise of Skywalker and Mandalorian. And, it's better but, than Rise of Skywalker and Mandalorian. And yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah. Uh, oh, Solo. Solo. A Star Wars story uh, as well. Well, Solo. Oh, you're right. That was after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was like three months um, after. <laughs> Shit. Oh, yeah. That was really close, wasn't it? That was weird. That yeah. was a weird time. To it was Star May. Wars fan. Yeah, it was a dumb decision. <laughs> I think it hurt even more, um, but that's a different discussion. But yeah, it was. Uh, I really like it. So I think, first of all, the overall narrative backbone of the story, I think, is interesting because I know my big concern going into it was how are you going to tell a Boba Fett story and make it different from the Mandalorian? Because the Mandalorian, let's face it, is the show that we thought Boba Fett would have been if it was Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. And I like that they are making this about essentially a gangster's rise to power and not only a gangster's rise to power, but his desire to sort of rule with respect in a world that doesn't honor respect And I just think it was cool, first of all, that that was what he was trying to do. But then as the flashbacks happened, it really shows where that came from. Because he didn't, he wasn't necessarily that person before. But then he fucking was in like the the Sarlacc pit. And then it was through his relationship with the Sand people that he grew to appreciate not only that respect, but he got to understand just how terrible things were and how how awful these 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 lords made life there on the planet. So not only is he trying to, you know, take power because of, of that growth but he's just really trying to it's like comes from almost an altruistic place that previously didn't exist before inside of him and i just love that that growth in him and i just love also this gives potential to see have multiple seasons of him slowly rising to power mm-hmm. and like basically almost ted lassoing it in a way where it's just like he's, <laughs> he's getting people on board with him through respect and like growing his power and just increasing the overall um uh the 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 what's it called the quality of life in in uh Mosespa and maybe even other areas in Tatooine so that would be really cool just to see just how he improves the lives and as you mentioned the wookiee thing where he is consistently at this point in three different occasions taking potential enemies and you know, employed them under him. It's about taking these people who could be enemies and bringing them and making them allies and bringing them on your side. And I just think that's so nice as someone who has hated watching COVID bring out the worst in everybody. Mm-hmm. I like having stories where you have it about bringing the best out of people, even in times of difficulty. Um, so I just like that, that core aspect so much that even though the actual episodes aren't perfect the pacing is a bit slow there's some cheesy elements here and there Mm -hmm. there's some sort of uh filmmaking little eh i could have done better but it all is in service of that greater narrative arc to the point where i'm like it's still moving things forward and i'm still overall liking where it's going so i'm I'm finding myself to be a big fan and i find it more rewarding to watch than the mandalorian which many times felt too one-off for me to get fully invested he was not just episodic, but he was also, for the most part, kind of a Western. very blank character. Yeah. Um, he was almost like a video game character. He's like an insert character almost up until maybe the very end. Like he had some moments, but overall, yeah. but overall he was, there wasn't a lot there. 
And I think Boba Fett has more personality for better or worse because people are like, oh, he's no longer cool. Well, he was never Which cool. Which is ironic this. that he has so, more yeah. personality because yeah. Mandalorian is, I think, is yeah. so stoic because he's based off the original Fett to a yeah. extreme extent. Um, and now Boba Fett's like, I don't bounty hunter anymore. I don't wear my mask anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm a nice yeah, guy. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. <coughs> I look forward to the show every week. Like I knew I was a uh, um, freaking, I knew I was in when episode four came out earlier this week. And I was just like setting up my rowing machine and move my TV. <laughs> and I was doing the freaking dum, 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 that freaking whatever the theme is. I was like humming that, getting ready to watch it. I was super stoked. <laughs> so I'm on board. I enjoy it. Um, I don't enjoy the discourse anywhere except for our podcasts. Like I made the mistake of just saying one thing. thing. I'm surprised. Uh, I mean, like, that's the thing. I don't care enough to have discourse about it other than like, I enjoy (laughs) it. And even then it's like, even Mandalorian was this way. We're like, I wake up on a Wednesday during Marvel shows. And I'm like, Oh, that's the first thing. I'm not even showering until I watch this. Usually it's like, I watch, I'll go for hours after waking up without watching. Um, And sometimes I forget it's even out until I look on Twitter and someone's spoiling it. And then I'm like, Oh, I should go watch this before i well so i can discuss it on the podcast and because i don't know star wars is harmless give me any live action star wars i'll even if it's complete shit i'd probably watch an entire season of complete shit as long as it's live action star wars lord knows i've watched complete shit movies more than once not rise Scott. haven't we all it's the only movie i've seen (laughs) i mean to be i haven't watched i have not watched rogue one solo or the rise of skywalker more than once i haven't well, I've watched all of it more. Actually, I'm just saying the worst ones are, I still think are the prequels, which because they've been out oh, yeah. so long, I've seen many oh, times. Oh, yeah. They're terrible. I hate them. But like I'd say they're even worse than Solo, but a lot of people, you know, like, oh, yeah. back George Lucas. And it's like, I agree with you. They are worse than yeah. Solo. But yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. So I'm like, 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 yeah, like I've said before, Marvel's kind of become my thing over Star Wars, and then Star Trek became far more interesting to me. Why? Why, why you gotta? Why you constantly gotta? No, I'm just saying, but it's not. Why can't I'm you not like as excited for it as you guys are? I, I don't like, understand this. this well, I'm spending oh. time with, like, I'm more invested in characters in other franchises than Star Wars characters. But I still, it's fine. I watch it. I don't care about things like bright speeder bikes i think it's fun to kind of have a little kind of or the <laughs> cyberpunk things they've been doing which that i mean was i understand my... why people have a problem with that but it oh i do too me personally yeah well and especially since i think what i tweeted which got kyle on my tail and then i'm like i just said i wasn't going to tweet about star wars i'm definitely not going to tweet about star wars again as i'm like i said like those would have worked would have looked perfectly normal on coruscant in episode two the cyberpunk yeah, slash I, I think it's just it's on that that gang that apparently couldn't afford to eat or drink or anything was stealing water to survive, but they've got these immaculate, perfect-looking fucking speeder bikes that didn't didn't fit with their environment or their or their parent characters. It wasn't the I disagree the with so. that because I mean that's isn't that just freaking underground car racing culture in general where it's like they don't the have a lot of money? It's like Fast, <laughs> well, and, the know, Fast and Furious. Are you judging stop. Fast and the Furious? Yeah, that was no, I was do. just comparing it in a good way. <laughs> and I have never even no, seen no, the first Fast and the Furious film. <laughs> no, Danny, you're right. It really doesn't make much sense. I guess they, they, they have mixed priorities. I just like yeah, why that. Fit? I think it stands out more just because we're on Tatooine, which, you know, it's not there. It's always shot really bland because it, that's what Tatooine yeah. is. It's not like it's a colorful place like Coruscant yeah. or even End... Well, I mean, not... Most of the colorful plants are the ones that have nothing to do with uh, are mostly cities or something. 
but yeah. and we're very used to the architecture of Tatooine and the sandiness of like the everything's white slash sand colored but yeah. I did I find guess, it guess, cool. slightly annoying that I've always assumed well I actually started assuming this during the show that uh the reason Jabba's door is so big is that's the hangar like why else have a door that big but that's we as we hangar. learned in the last episode the hangar is on a completely different part of the building and it has a door oh, that I goes never, down I just I thought about watching both that, that when they're walking through the doors and then like so big it's like this must have used to be a hangar or something for ships but all you see in there are like the pigs and stuff at least but in I mean, return we of the saw jedi. that in return of the jedi i was like yeah we saw that and it was never implied that it was a hangar on the other side no but I, did, I never thought of it watching return of the jedi but seeing that location way more i'm like it had to have been a hangar at some point why else have a space that big besides just being dramatic let me but, just say you're, 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 you're giving just too much the hot too thing. much history too much history to this building that i'm sure was not given that much thought to when it was built back in 19. 19- oh no, originally there was no history to it. Like I said, originally it was to serve the plot and look cool. It was because it was like super yeah. easy, barely an inconvenience. Like they have big doors because they're impressive. Yeah. And I yeah. also was after we didn't see him do it to anyone else. I was so glad that uh, a Wookiee ripped someone's arm off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, it hasn't happened yet. How's it not happened yet? And that was unexpected as well. That was I was not expecting that. I mean, you could have gone either way, could have thrown him across the room, but the actual ripping of an arm that was done like, that yet. He was he was throwing people around before that, or like trying to crush Boba Fett, not like rip his arm off. But um <laughs> I do also I, I it probably would have been too much fan service, but I really wanted to hear Boba that say. That's why you always let the Wookiee win or something. And it would mirror his enemy. I would have hated it. I would have hated it. I know. I, I was thinking about it, I'm like, I'd enjoy it, but I'd hate it. That's like the equivalent of like, what's his name? Kevin Smith putting, I'm not supposed to be here today in every freaking scene with Dante and Randall in it in all of his movies. Like, This would be that. worse though, because it's a different character <laughs> who's saying it. He's never heard Han Solo say it. It's like That's there's true. a... In the Dark Knight, two different characters say batten down the hatches. No, close to the vest. You really play this close to the vest. And there are two characters who have never said that in the same room. And it's like, they should have cut mm-hmm. one of them. It just bothers me in a weird way that two different characters. I mean, it's it's it's, it's kind of common line. Like it applies in both situations, but it's like, it would have been better if like Gordon heard Harvey said it and then Gordon said it. Instead, it was two different characters who didn't say it in front of each other. And you're like, you're putting the then same line you know. in twice. Yeah, but what you see is what you see. Obviously, we don't see everything, but what you want is what you get at McDonald's today. Remember so, that ad? No, I don't have <laughs> that specific one. Specific. Um, but no, I would say one. I like the Mandalorian better, but this is fine. And I'm excited for the prospect of us seeing. I'm just going to call him Mando. I can never remember. Dinjar Jin or something. Oh, uh, Dinjarin. I think. Yeah. Star Wars Jarring. names are difficult when they're not from 40 years ago, because even though those ones are difficult, I've grown up with those names my entire life. And I yeah. continue to love, because one of these my favorite actors, even though he doesn't get to be funny in this, Matt Berry as their droid, who is like the ones like, you should kill them, Master Fett. Yeah. Is, oh, is, that, is that who that is? Yeah, it's Matt yeah. Berry. I didn't <laughs> know that. He plays in, a, in Toast of London. He plays uh, a voiceover actor, and he also has... Advil commercials locally. So every time I hear his voice but don't see him, I can picture his character Toast just doing voiceover in his in character. But yeah, any other comments on Book of Boba? I really like it. 
Um, yep, I hope it, it, it has a good ending and I hope to see another season because it seems like a show that lends itself to multiple seasons and I hope people can enjoy it and get the sticks out of their asses. I Obviously, hope if you don't like it, you don't like it. Yeah. Don't like it for stupid reasons. Like, Don't dislike it for stupid reasons. Yeah, just like, have good reasons for not liking it. Come on. I actually am a little worried going forward just because I do. I, so far, I have found the flashbacks more fascinating than the modern day stuff. I I've personally like whenever it switches from one to the other, I'm always like, ah, oh, I wanted more of the other one. That's and then it true. gets me. It's, yeah. like, it's like starting a new chapter of a book when they switch character perspectives. Like, oh, I was invested in that storyline, but now I'm back in this yeah. storyline. And by the time you get to the end of that <laughs> chapter, it's like, oh, fuck. Now I'm going back to the that. other one. I was invested in the other one. Um, so just I'm usually most interested in, in which perspective we are currently in in that moment, you, which is good. Yeah, it's but, not a bad thing. Just question on that, buddy. So you you know why they do that in books sometimes, right? As in they flip from one to the other. I you mean, it like varies it, you know for reasons. It. it depends. Yeah, it could so, be for pacing so when, issues. Yeah, exactly. So uh, my question was, as a, a work question, is when you're writing yours, do you write like that? Will you stick with the main character till its natural conclusion and then go to another one? Or will you do something similar to the thing that you've just said that sometimes you don't like? Because it, for a good thing, because you like that, but you wanted to carry on. But are you aware of yeah. that when you're doing your writing? Yeah, uh, I can't say I've honestly done that recently because none of the stories I've done lend themselves to separate storylines. Usually there are okay. like different okay. perspectives contributing to the same, same storyline. But I have in the past written storylines that are like that. And the reason why I do separate them has to do one of two reasons. A, having to do with chronological order of like wanting to... Um, wanting to make sure that like they're relatively in chronological order even if they're like at different parts of the world or be for pacing issues so that you're keeping the momentum going and it's not like rise 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 and climax and then fall and then do that again with like another set of characters it's about keeping the structure relatively cohesive and consistent between the narratives speaking of cohesive narratives you guys ready to move on to peacemaker your transitions need work, but yes. I've got a few good ones today. <laughs> That's fair. P almost had peeing my pants. We went from long movies and me almost peeing my pants in a Lord of the Rings movie to a Lord of the Rings announcement. That's pretty good. I had to tell the pee my pants story, but I didn't actually pee my pants. I already said that, but I just yep. want to be clear. Um, <laughs> Peacemaker, what do you guys... I'll actually go first. Not all the way with my first comment. It's even better well, than I thought it. it would be. And I think it's way better... Not. I love the Suicide Squad. I'm not putting down the Suicide Squad when I say this, but it's the best DC thing I've seen since the Suicide Squad, <laughs> which is the last thing, I believe. Last thing but that's existed from the I was just trying to use your squad. Star Wars thing, but it is the last thing I think that was released by DC. Have you ever heard of a guy named Peacemaker? No. He is a trained killer. We've got trouble with that maniac. Go, what are you waiting for? That thing better not crap back there. Yeah, how straight an eagle, dude. Not without stealing its soul. Hey, Dad. It's been kind of a rough go for me lately, Dad. You don't say. Somebody shot me and the building fell on me. You let somebody shoot you? It's not the guy invited him to come shoot me, Dad. Pathetic. I thought you were in prison for life. I work for the government. Post office? You think they'd let me out of prison and deliver mail? I don't know. It's the first government job I could think of. I killed people before, okay? This task force doesn't officially exist, which leaves us on our own. We call our targets butterflies. They are a serious threat to the safety of American citizens. 
there's something weird going on. You think me and Vigilante are too stupid to notice. Hey, everyone, which one's me and which one's Eagly? Okay, you're half right, but you score 50% of the test at school. What do you get? A D. It's so good, man. It's from the opening dance number. You're like, ah, I get it. I get it. And it's as more fucks than a Kevin Smith show. I, I mean, don't agree movie. At least the first episode, they really say fuck a lot. Um, I, I don't think so. I well, don't think in so. fact, I don't... Kevin Smith interviewed, did a quick interview with James Gunn this week, like a 20 minute, even 15 minute interview. No, I think it's yeah, 15 because he spends the first five minutes, the 20 minute video just talking about the show. Um, and he was like, first of all, his praise is one of my biggest praises. You expect you almost expect. I mean, James Gunn does do character development even in two hours. But there's a lot more to Peacemaker than I thought there was before, like especially with the guilt over Rick Flagg. Um, yeah, that just seems to I th- that I think is real excuse for not killing. I still think he would have killed those kids if it weren't before the Rick Flag situation made him reconsider everything. Um, yeah, because those uh, are those they're the first. By the way, spoiler alert: if you haven't watched Peacemaker episodes one through four, whoops, full spoilers. Um, I agree with you. Like I think uh, those are the first people he's killed since going. Like he didn't kill anyone up until that point, right? Not the no. No. Okay. Wow. The show is actually killed this racist dad, but <laughs> well, that's surprising because, he, as you mentioned, it's uh, it's really fucking good. There's like a lot of layers to each of the characters there, and this show, it's very much like on a TV budget. It's high budget when it needs to be, but it's very much just like a lot of talking. But it's done so fucking well. Um, and it's just I don't know. Like I, it's hard for me to explain why because I even I was watching it yesterday. Like I had two episodes to watch yesterday last night and i you know me i go to bed fucking early and it was like 8 45 and i was just like should i or should i just not watch and then and we're just like we're watching it and even the, here's the thing also like it's just something about it keeps you going to it even though there's not a lot of action things are constantly moving forward and you're learning more about the characters and their motivations are, are really sort of either bolstering or going against each other in a way, even if there's not really a physical clash between them. And they somehow make like the most awful people really endearing. Like obviously when Vigilante first came into it, I was just like, this guy, I'm not going to shoot fuck about this guy. Graffiti. He shoots, he's like the scene where they're smoking weed and he's in the bed. With them. He's no, like, he's, if that wasn't legal. I would have shot you both. <laughs> he's, he's literally a school shooter incarnate. Yeah. That's like what he is. And, um, by the end of like the last episode, I was like, I hope he doesn't die. I really like him. Like, I really yeah. like him. He's Maima really, really by the decided way, he was our favorite character. He's great. Vigilante's he, by Vigilante. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's a, uh, did you know he's Cormac McClagan in the Harry Potter movies? I'm not sure if you guys remember who that is. I don't remember. But that's that in the sixth movie. A student their age or something? Yeah. Because um, he's not that old of an actor. He's probably Daniel Radcliffe's age. Well, yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. like a year older, I think, or around the same age. But he was, um, if you recall, in the sixth movie, that really douchey pretty boy guy who like was competing oh, for Hermione against movie. Ron. Yeah. Oh, well, that's unhelpful. Have you seen it, no, Danny? I'm sorry. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm trying to picture him. I, I have seen the films multiple times. So that means... You, hold on, hold on. saying about Hermione reminds me a bit more about the character you mean now. Yeah. Yeah, he and he was, was like... Other, she was like fobbing him off. She was, she, she was, she didn't even kind of notice. She was oblivious to his advances, I seem to remember. No, she knew. She was actually going out with him to make Ron jealous. Oh, yes. Ooh. Now I remember. Is that him? Holy shit. That's him, right? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, even okay. when I see side-by-side cool. pictures, I'm like, that's he doesn't cool. look at yeah. all the same. And he has that's such a good so American no. accent. That's what I was going to bring up. <laughs> accents. 
There's definitely yeah. a, because I think only Brits were allowed in those movies. That was J.K. Rowling's yeah, like thing, and then they cast Johnny Depp and fucking <laughs> Grindelwald. But, but that's uh, you know that takes place in New York partially, or at least somewhat. Second one takes place in Paris, which is when you get most of Johnny Depp. Okay, but, but you know, but that's different. Okay, I didn't know he's British at all. He's like a Tom Holland. He has a really yeah. perfect, just like almost yeah nerdy because he's literally he's a he he literally sounds like Deadpool to me. And when you put something on the like mask, you have to emote more. So he looks like Deadpool yeah. when he's like doing bigger arm movements. Really cool. yeah, he's, he's, there he's is someone else, a mix of, he reminded Kirsten of Deadpool and he reminded me of someone else. Who the fuck was it? He reminded me of two people too. I can't remember who the other one was. No, I need to remember who the hell was it. Yeah, Here, you are keep talking. Kick-ass. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Kirsten. I'll be right back. I'm curious okay. what, if she remembers what I said. So Danny, what are your highlights? Like, do you have anything you don't like about it at this point? Not at the moment. No, I, I'm I'm really enjoying the the, the show. I, I love the adult humor side of it. I love the. I think to Jammer's point about it being, even though there's when there's not any action per se going on, when there's no gunplay or fisticuffs. But I think what 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 when when Jammer was talking, I, I was thinking there's there's not a lot of wasted screen time every scene has some sort of value or purpose to it so even when there's like you say there's no action there's still something of value there so you can have a good five ten minutes of no guns being shot or anything but it still feels like it's moving along still feels like every scene has worthwhile it's like when you when you read a really well done comic and there's no wasted panels everything makes a lot of sense it's they're just not wasting airtime, so they're squeezing a lot of stuff in, which allows character development, the action stuff. And one of the things I think is really helping is everyone seems that everyone's comic timing seems to be really fucking good. Everyone's right on the ball of when they're delivering their lines and how they're delivering their lines. So even the the comedic moments are, are just stand out. Uh, and John Cena, I think, is a as much as Vigilante is my favorite character. I think his his performance as Peacemaker. It, it, it is is brilliant and i'm really enjoying watching him on screen quick question though who yeah. has he killed who has he killed in the show peacemaker oh, you know he killed uh he killed that crazy girl who attacked him oh yeah uh, he did he, blow her up no, remember he, he had just put yeah. on the right helmet oh yes then, he like, did so he put on the sonic boom helmet yeah. with the sonic wave. Oh, yeah. i'm so he glad he grabbed the other helmets but that was that was self-defense that was different than like the yeah target. but that's so what i was thinking I'll, because yeah. vigilante had to take the shots for the for the kids and the and the and the wife and so i'm thinking i actually was thinking he hasn't killed anybody but you're, you're absolutely right he used the sonic and he, he didn't know it would do that helmet. much damage either he was just no, trying he, to protect true, himself yeah. he was like holy yeah. fuck <laughs> and before with jammer goes back to vigilante i just want to so go back to your point about no wasted time. The fourth episode feels a lot like the fifth episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where there's like a little bit of fighting, but it's not as epic as the past few episodes. It's yeah. mostly learning about all the characters, especially going a little bit into Peacemaker's history. Like I re- That's the stuff I want to look forward to seeing the most is learning about yeah, his history. Was um, it was my favorite um, bit. White Dragon. When he was in the prison, that that bit was like, that well, why is Vigilante so fucking tough? And it's like, oh, when he's got his mind on the game, he's 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 a better at the moment. He's looking like a much better fisticuff fighter than than Peacemaker yeah. is. At first, I assumed he was just a shooter, pretty much for everybody. But he came in with those white supremacists. I don't know, they're not 
trained uh, villains like the kung fu guy or whatever they call him but the way he dealt with those villains those white supremacists was so laid back and so cool and his fucking his his uh, commentary on them you know what 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 are the, what are the black people of america ever rock given and us roll you wouldn't have leonard skinner so clever. <laughs> so clever but it goes back to that comic timing they're just so spot on all of them so yeah i'm really enjoying it so jammer did uh, did kristen help us out yeah, she did. Uh, he reminded me of Syndrome from The Incredibles. Oh, so I would, not who I was thinking of, but that's, yeah, that's okay. good. Um, that's, that's who it was. So she just texted it to me. I guess she heard me through the wall. <laughs> just texted it to me. Um, but yeah, so and you now you know that, but she I can just... hear you through the wall and has been able to for months and months and months. Oh, yeah, I've known everything that. Everything you've ever said. Yeah, I've known that. <laughs> um but anyway so vigilante has just overall impressed me just because yeah it's really funny but also his even though he's crazy um they managed to endear him with like his morals like just how anti-racist he is overtly anti-racist is like really admirable and just like it's really funny as well but then also that that sort of that really is the moment where peacemaker couldn't take the shot there wasn't any judgment he just like hey man Take a step back. I got this. And then he just took yeah, care of it. No judgment. I got yeah. this. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was, nice. it was great. Like, I'm like, oh, he's a really great friend. It's it's kind of sad and weird in a, in a demented way. And he was even humming as he was taking them out. But still, like, it was, there was something endearing about it. And moments like that. He balances like that of being able to take horrible human beings and then find those endearing qualities that still don't take away from them being bad or anti heroes or even villains. Yeah. But endear you to them and i just he's really good at that because they're yeah. all like that pretty yeah. much all the characters yeah, are like right. that except for except for amanda waller's daughter who's like i think there's more the there, closest though. thing i can't tell when she's playing people point. or how like because it sounded like her speech to peacemaker about you know parents tr- like expecting more from their kids and training them to do shit they didn't want i'm like oh she's talking about herself too She's talking about her relationship with I her mom. Like vigilante very easily. The way she manipulated vigilante into taking yeah. out that, that that was very, very, very quick, very clever, very cold. It's very Amanda Waller. But then again, like the sh- the shot after that, she's like admitting it, like she feels bad. Not like yeah. my bad, you guys. Not like an accident, like change it, the license plate for the dad. Not a random person where she's like, I kind of well, convinced vigilante to go into prison and kill the dad. I appreciate that, like. <laughs> the show has the characters do stupid things, but then like later on, it's like, why did you do that? Like, why did you frame his dad again? Or why, then why did you, think. What, why did you think it wouldn't look bad that you tricked his best friend into killing his dad? Yeah. And it's just like, what's wrong with you? Like, it's doesn't he so come funny. into the room and go, what can I just come away? Can I go away for five minutes without someone doing something fucking stupid? <laughs> <laughs> Even that character recognizes that for every 10 minutes, someone's doing something dumb somewhere and he can't control it. And then we my friend, out, like, my roommate couldn't control ourselves with laughter when he was just walked over to all the guards and like is doing the trash can thing. And we're like, what the fuck is he? <laughs> Because we thought he, when we originally heard her convince him, I figured he'd get in with the suit and like break into prison and like kill him or something, not just get <laughs> in prison. Get so we're like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> and then my roommate was like, was so there's good. a lot of easier ways to get arrested. <laughs> Drag I mean, a heavy was, trash can. Easy. That was pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess. Punched one of the co- he could have just punched one of them while they were eating. Well, he didn't well, want to, he probably didn't want to hurt them. Yeah, he, yeah, he didn't yeah. want to hurt them. He probably because they didn't do anything wrong. Oh, they're also he like on his side, like they're men of the law. 
Yeah, basically, right. he caused criminal damage. That's all he did was criminal damage. Yeah. He didn't do anything, but it would have been assault if he'd punched one of the police officers or prison guards, and then that would have been worse for him. I think even he was thinking, I just want to get in the jail. Don't want to spend more than 24 hours there. Misdemeanor, get out again. I don't think he wanted to and go don't want to hurt anybody that doesn't deserve it. Yeah, yeah that's true. Point. Yeah, that scene that's- is so funny, though. And then we now we know that Merc is a butterfly. Yeah. How many episodes That was, have we this, got that was disappointing. Yeah. Four more. It's an eight-episode series. So again, we're happy. Do we tell you? It. Do we tell you about Jonesy? We talked about this a bit last week because he wanted to talk about. The oh, you thought it was over in three episodes, yeah? And he's just like, "Yeah, he's like, it's just a movie." And I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, it's just a movie." I'm like, "You know that it, the show's not just three episodes, right?" He's like, "What? There's more? I'm like, it's an eight episode show. What are you talking about?" And the funny thing right is, Jammer, at that point, I hadn't seen the show, but now I, I'm, after I watched three episodes, I'm like. How did you think this was the end? <laughs> what? <laughs> there was a whole conspiracy about butterflies across the world. Like, what? I guess they were just the end? politicians. He thought he thought when the butterfly flew away and then he cut to black. That's what he thought <laughs> that was, was the end of the show. That was the end of the show. <laughs> I love John Cena getting the butterfly high. Uh, yeah, and I also really loved uh shit, I'm spacing on it. Ah, I'll think while you guys talk. If you have a bit more, uh, oh yeah, the gorilla. What do we think about the gorilla? The Chekhov's oh, gun. The what? It was on the news. The they made a big deal about oh, a gorilla missing. Right, 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 right. Is it a fake out? A reference to Gorilla Grodd, who's in this universe, or more likely, mm-hmm. are we going to see a butterfly-infected gorilla who will just kind of be used as like a tank against, like you know, just beat the shit out of? vigilante i mean i think we have to see maybe it's both or maybe that is grod probably not because there is so much no maybe grod kidnapped him i'm almost thinking but uh i mean because i i absolutely love every superhero reference in this where he read online he like read on reddit man fucks fish or on a website that's how he knows and uh you didn't see you didn't see the bit on slack then uh nick one of my favorite scenes i even recorded it was when uh peacemaker's going off about batman Yes, and the fuck old it. guy. That's like, been an issue with me and Batman for years. It's like you dumb fuck. This this guy. I know you don't kill. I know, but this guy really does deserve to be put down. Now you should. Yeah, let, it's like let that Joker fall off the cliff kind of thing. Don't save it. That, that conversation that between Punisher and Daredevil, and like yeah. season two of Daredevil. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Well, yep. it's interesting because in the comics. He does struggle with that. Obviously, he never kills, but there's like in one of the main comics, he's I think he's even the Dark Knight Returns. He's like, I know the exact amount of people that Joker has killed, and they're all on my conscience. So, so the next this- question to me is, what universe does this play take place in? Because Batman does <laughs> kill, and Batman be Superman. I don't know. When Kevin Smith was talking <laughs> about it, and uh, James Gunn actually agreed with him, and Kevin Smith was like, "This is so rooted in the DC." you and then james gonna be like yeah it's intent but like, i guess we don't know where we're headed next it, so batman doesn't kill villains he just kills their henchmen so maybe that's the difference maybe and the joker's still alive as we know so yep yep you know i tap out when it comes to multiverses and things you know yeah I, I, I flashpoint will just gonna do whatever it's gonna do we'll just call it the flash but oh really it's in the, the batverse or Batman No Way Home. We're just going to have a bunch of Batman on screen together. Batman No Way Home. I love it. Love <laughs> Anything it. else to say, gents, before we wrap her up, wrap her up, wrap her up? No, I mean, this I is good. Love, this is like, I thought it'd be bet. good. 
Yeah. Sorry. So as I say, we love Boba Fett and we love the Peacemaker. We've got um, DC and Star Wars. We love the Moon Knight trailer. We're covering uh, we're covering Geekdom with Star Wars. Nick loves Star Trek. Yeah, we? yeah. We like we like things here. But I mean, I think uh, for me, as much as I really like Book of Boba Fett, I think DC or DC Peacemaker is like on another level for me. Same. Um, and it's just for me, it's one of the biggest surprises in TV that I've had since Harley Quinn. I would well, say. I, I guess I guess Arcane. Okay. I was um, going to say, it just surprised me in a mature way, like the Harley Quinn show. I was like, I'm not really yeah, interested in that. Say, and everyone's like, watch it. And I'm like, holy fuck. That's almost Peacemaker level show. Yeah, yeah. I can agree with that. I can't wait I for season three. I think it's this year. Me too. God bless dirty comedy at DC. <laughs> filthy, filthy comedy <laughs> and violence at DC. All right. All right. Camera, well, that's all I have. Bring us? Yeah, that's all I got, Jonesy. I got nothing. Are you fulfilled? Jonesy, did you just call me Jammer? Oh God, no, Danny. <laughs> J's and D's, J's and D's. I know, I know, I've got a tan, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> Jammer, can okay, you bring so, us out? Because I don't remember all the I'll, information I'll Jonesy says. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, on all the podcasts, you know, wherever you find podcasts, you can find us there. And give us a rating, you know, give us the comments, tell us why you love us, give us a five star, you know, because that always, that always helps us out a little bit. Also check out the, the YouTube channel at Genreverse Podcast Network where you can find our, our episodes uploaded every week if YouTube's more your thing. Sadly, it's not a video podcast yet, but maybe, maybe that's down the line. We'll have to wait and see what happens with that. Who knows? You never know. And in, in the Genreverse, anything could happen. Um, but of course, check out LRMOnline.com for all the latest film, TV, and geek-related news. Nick, where can people find you? I'm at Geeky Nick Doll on Twitter. And I also do Marvel Multiverse Mayhem. I'm recording that in about an hour and 10 minutes from now. <laughs> and we are going, since we're out of fresh Marvel content, we did Daredevil last time and uh, old Daredevil. And we're doing Deadpool this week. So if you want to hear us talk about the original Deadpool movie, check it out. It's out on and Saturdays Danny, these days. Danny, where can people find you? People can find me fast asleep in bed because it's nearly one o'clock in the morning here. So good night. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Jam the Writer and all of my books under the name AJ Cerna on Amazon and Audible and Royal Road. So check out the City of Majors, which I am currently serializing five days a week on RoadRoad.com. Thank you so ah. much, gents, for joining me on this episode. This concludes this edition of Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast. Uh, oh yeah, Asa Lasagna. <laughs> Don't get any on ya. <laughs> Mission fucked up. In 2023 yeah. and 2024. <laughs> Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.